Omar. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. This is going to be a really fun one today, I think. We've got three individuals on the show that they've been on before. So if, you, if you've listened to the show, you know them. I'm sure you've been to their restaurants. You've, you've heard of these people. They're very well-known individuals. But we're not specifically going to be focusing on their careers or their restaurants today. We're just kind of going to bounce around. We're going to have some fun. We're going to hit on some different topics and, uh, and just kind of see what happens. So today we've got Ben Maids. We got Tim Maids, we got Anthony Coniglia, who will be probably here forth referred to as Chovy the entire podcast. So just get used to that, guys. I'm going to ask you before we get started here to introduce yourselves one by one, just so we can identify voices, and then uh, give your current role where you're working right now. Ben, let's start with you. Uh, Benjamin Maids. Um, I am one of the owners of Ocarant Restaurant, and I kind of um, do that. And then I just took a new gig, which I've been really excited about. Um, and I joined the uh, team at Flagship Restaurant Group in their uh, R&D department. So, uh, Chovy, worked for Ben since uh, too long ago, I guess, <laughs> a long time. And uh, now good friends with him and his brother here, Tim. And mm. I've still been at Alcaron since day one. Heck yeah. OG. Uh, Tim Maids, I actually just recently took a new position as exec chef at Monarch. So we'll have to geek out about that. Down the road as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. Like, yeah. that you guys are kind of, you got some new stuff bubbling up. That's really fun, really exciting. 2021, no rules. Crazy, We're crazy. Weird. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to start off with something that just, it, this this one's more so for people who haven't worked in restaurants, and they just go in and eat in a restaurant, and they just, they see their food come out, and they don't really even understand what's going on behind the scenes. What do you guys think is the most unique thing about working in the restaurant industry versus a nine-to-five job? Oh, man. I mean, I was just joking about this because I'm doing a lot of recipe writing and spending time on the laptop, and it's like a normal nine-to-five schedule, and you're just like, oh, this is actually really unproductive is the biggest thing. <laughs> I, I was really? just like, to me, I was like, this is like, what a like what an inefficient way to use your day is what I was like. What Like, what am I doing on the laptop all day when I could, like, wake up, do this, you know, just by having a different, I think, hourly time zone. But that was something on my mind this week. What's the most unique thing that you found about working in the restaurant industry versus just working a normal nine to five job, just going to the office, you, you know, know clocking in and out? Way of life, honestly, like lifestyle way of life. You know, it's like eat, sleep, work, food. I mean, it's like, you know, you're working longer days, but you're also, food's part of your life, you know, all the time. You're always thinking about it. You're always, you're always on. And, you know, I, I love that. Yes, you can choose your own, like, day at work, kind of, nobody tells you what to do. You just have to get the work done, but you can do whatever product you want first. I mean, it's never the same. Yeah. Chovy style. You're not, never stuck, the same. you're not stuck in one spot. You can kind of <laughs> travel around the, the kitchen. I think the interesting thing that you guys kind of brought up there is you all gave three different answers, but they're all kind of the same thing. And that work and just life kind of meld together. Whereas in so many jobs, it's just like, okay, now I'm, I'm on the clock. I'm this person. I'm my professional self. Then I go home and then I just get to decompress and be whatever. And I'm sure that there's some aspect to that, to what you guys do as well. But you, from just the people that I talk to a lot, it seems like you, live food you work food you breathe food everything's food right yeah it's a 24 7 thing yeah. yeah when you're cooking at home i mean everything you're like you can't you know you can't unlearn it. it's just you know you're gonna 
do things, you know, you're going to have, it's just, you can't shut it off. Like you notice everything. It's like, like you would notice things about podcasts and stuff that we would have no idea. And then like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. <laughs> so like you go over to someone's house and they're like cutting with a knife and you're like, Oh, like this is really dull. Like, Let me just, yeah, like, I'll, like, I'll bring my own cutting board over. Why do you have like, a glass cutting board? That's like, the worst. <laughs> what are you? Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna bring my knife and cutting board to your house. Just why is the dinner. produce at the grocery store so crappy? <laughs> yeah, just I mean, just everything. Yeah, yeah. Grocery store shopping is the worst. Yeah, after you see the produce that comes in. Yeah. Uh, where are the go-to restaurants for professionals in Omaha? Like, where when? I know you guys don't get a lot of meals to eat out, but when you do, where do you find yourself going back to time and time again? I mean, for me, it's La Bouvette. I think for most of us, yeah, we I go down there quite number a bit. One. Mostly because they're open on Mondays. I think that's like a pretty, that's if like a tough to one because a lot of the legit spots are generally closed on Mondays. And then yeah. that one, because again, our weird schedule, it's like you can go there in the middle of the afternoon and just chill for a few hours and sit on the patio. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah. I mean, I have a, we have a rotation now, too. Like, as much as I love to go out and try new places, like, we just don't get out much anymore. So, it's like, yeah, La Bouvette's always been a hit, but I haven't been there. In Hunger Block, you guys are Probably two years, yeah. Block. So, I probably That's just go to Hunger Block, like, so Block good. 16. And, like, if we get a chance, we try and make it to Dante. But that's pretty much a rotation now, as much as it... It's kind of a bummer. But, you know, we just don't get out as much with the kids and stuff. It's just kind of crazy how things evolve and stuff. I've been on a block 16 bender because I'm right there now. So I'm making up for slacking off. There the we, we try to limit it to once a week, but you know, I mean, but sometimes you see the special and it just calls your name that's, and you're like, that's you're the like problem. it was made for me. That's like, the problem with block 16 <laughs> is like, you, you'll have it. Like you have this idea in your day. You're like, yeah, today's going to be healthy or whatever. And then like 10 30 yeah. hits and they drop yeah. that special and you're just like, yep, I, I don't it's, care. I'm changing my plan. Sometimes it literally has our yeah. names on it. Like, I think they've done a Chovy special. They've done a and special. Like, you know, we're like <laughs> You can't not eat it. <laughs> me and Chovy share this, like, passion for three happiness. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I don't know what it is. And even when I lived abroad, I'd be it's like. forbidden food. Like yeah. <laughs> the way I described it is this is the best American Chinese food without in the whole a, world. Without a doubt. <laughs> chef, the chef there is awesome. <laughs> chef Locke. Yeah. He wears like jean shorts and he's like working eight walks at the same time. I'm just like, <laughs> I always wave to him in the window because I'm like, I don't think he knows it, but I'm like, that dude's all of our heroes. I think he crushes it. <laughs> and then sometimes we like get cravings for Freddy's too, right, Joey? Oh, yeah. It's Dude. either La Bouvette or really naughty food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, you got like opposite ends yeah, of the yeah, spectrum yeah. there. Like we I were, just had two Pepper Jacks Phillies yesterday. Oh, yeah. Okay, those are sometimes good. you just get a craving. I looked that cheese up because I was like, "What kind of cheese is this?" Um, and it's actually Swiss American, uh, so it melts. It's like, like American. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so I, said, I go, I obviously have to use this cheese now. As we are Swiss <laughs> yes. American, and we already like American cheese for its like yeah naughty melting properties. But I was like, oh well, maybe I'll just sneak this on a couple things. <laughs> So just for people who don't understand, like, why is Monday the popular day? Why are so many restaurants off on Monday? What is it about Monday that makes that kind of like the special planning day? I think it's just the luck of the draw, I guess. I mean, 
Just coming off the weekend rush. Yeah, and just, you know, running au courant, it was very important to me that everybody had a break, you know, and it's just you have the weekend, and, you know, Sundays are nice. Everybody always wants – sometimes it just works out for the schedule. I mean, mm-hmm. and Mondays – more brunch stuff happening. Yeah. Business stuff. I mean, you know, who knows? There's a lot of reasoning, but it just kind of seems like it stinks if you want to go out to eat on Monday. But other than that, it's like – Yeah, everyone else happens. is closed. So that's like the taco truck day for me usually. On Saddle That's Creek, a good yeah. call. That yeah. taco yeah. truck's awesome. Taco truck never closes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was gonna make my own tacos the other day, so I went to the family fair to get stuff to make tacos, and I just went to the taco truck instead. So I was like, <laughs> it's gonna be better anyway. Yeah, I think that was a good decision, yeah. especially <laughs> judging by what you we were talking about produce at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> family fair might not be the, no, the finest quality. You can get some half rotten onions and whatever. Yeah. Just uh, caramelize them. It's yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> All right. If you three are competing on an episode of Chopped, who wins? Chef Benjamin Maids, without a doubt. Yeah, he, has, he would have that TV personality. They'd you know zoom in on him. And I would, I would, <laughs> I would try to win the crowd over. I, I think they would be mostly perplexed by Chovy and like we got to know more. Like he yeah. would get his own show after, and yeah. then Benny would win the competition. I but. don't really care who would win, but I'd love to see like everyone's plate of food because I think everyone's would <laughs> oh, be so different. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> I would love that. Let's do a Monday like a uh, o- Omaha chop. Yeah, <laughs> and Dan will have to judge. Because yeah. I'd be really interested to see the finished plate of food because I'm sure Choey's would be like a double, triple stack burger with like bacon and Bernays. Oh, yeah. all, and the, all the ketchup. Yeah. All the <laughs> ketchup. He's very particular about odd things. Or, yes. oh, we were talking about cocktail sauce. We love cocktail oh, sauce. Yeah. And so I don't know what I mean. horseradish and ketchup. Dude, cocktail sauce is just a gift. Uh. <laughs> it is. Okay, so so Ben is winning. Chovy's yeah, getting asked sure. back for like the return episode. Yeah, he's gonna, or he's gonna get his own show. Out and and Tim's gonna be the crowd favorite. That, that's what yeah, I'm Tim's always the crowd favorite. Hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, if you can't cook well, at least be funny or <laughs> yeah. something like be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, be funny. I mean, you saw those goofy clips. I think Nick Bartholomew is always posting them. He like won't let it die, and I'm just like, all right, dude, like put <laughs> put the silly show to rest. Yeah, from like, restaurant startup. Yeah. <laughs> He's kept that going. Dude, he loves it. It's only what four or five years old. Let's let's yeah, run it back. Let's keep it going. Yeah, that is, well, that's a, it's even longer. longer. Who yeah. knows? Different life. Time <laughs> flies by. What's the most challenging lesson you've had to learn in your career? Ooh, I don't know. Challenging lesson. I mean, probably just. You know, I I mean, probably just the lesson of just not giving up and just keep pushing and you know this is a challenging industry and you know finding this grit and drive to just really keep pushing you know and I think that was in the beginning that was really hard but you know once you kind of embrace it and once you you know embrace the industry and what you're doing and how you're doing you just kind of put your head down and you keep pushing and that was tough but now it's you know it's really set me up for the rest of my life to be honest. Joey, what do you think? Uh, two things I get yelled at the most. <laughs> from, <laughs> from Ben, uh, not looking at the clock ever. Timeliness. Literally on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that already happened. Eh? And already what happened on every weekend, off. too. Yeah. Uh, not having having my phone on vibrate, and if Carlos calls me and I don't answer, then I'm in trouble, too. Because then somebody yeah. else will hand me the phone and say, hey, You're it's Carlos, yeah. and I'm always like, 
Just tell him I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he, he called three hours ago. I'm still in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I actually listened to like a couple of podcasts since I was driving back from Des Moines. So I was like, I, I'm, I'm getting caught up a little bit. But even to reference what other people were talking about, um, it's just like don't be afraid to like just try stuff and see if it sticks. I think it was Drew talking about brunch stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, yeah, just, you know, like, because ha- have fun with it. And then like you'll never know what the people get like the audience is going to love or the crowd. They're just gonna be like, oh, this is actually delicious. And you're like, wow, we just kind of winged that, you know, and we didn't know it was going to work or if people were going to love it. And, you know, don't be afraid because then you can just literally take it off the menu next week. You know, like don't, not everything has to be like a rock star dish, but until you kind of try and play with it, you'll never get there. So that's a good thing. That, yeah. That's kind of been on my mind lately. Sometimes you just got to throw it out there and see if they like Sometimes it. Sometimes they love the one you was your least favorite. Totally. Yep. Yeah. That, that yeah. happens a lot. <laughs> Or the most, and then you have to keep making it. You're like, ah, shit. Yeah, I was hoping that one would get forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, give me at least one name and a couple if you have them, but some up and coming culinary talents in Omaha that maybe aren't like well known superstars yet, but that we need to keep an eye on. Um, I'd probably say who's a. um... Well, I know Amanda Sheeler. Amanda Sheeler, yep, yeah. crushing it, yeah. Octavio Gaetan, Octavio. he's awesome. He works at Block 16. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Lindy, because she's yeah, Lindy Peterson. I mean, she works a, at two. She works at Ocarina She's a pastry wizard. Yeah, and Mary Pedersen down. She's at Casa Bovina now. She is just like those two. I think are best. You know, I don't want to say anything, but they're just amazing pastry chefs. I'm just blown away by the stuff they're putting out. Um, who else? I don't even know them. Yeah, I'm so out of the game <laughs> now. <laughs> That's my problem is we're just trying to find, you know, people who want to keep working. It's been a pretty big issue as, you know, things are slowly kind of opening back up. And it's like, you're like, you know, you come knocking like, all right, where's everyone? Who wants to get back to work? And then it's like crickets. And you're just like, okay, oh. <laughs> like, where did everyone go? <laughs> so that is, I mean, it's an interesting thing right now, especially for, you know, while. Roberto. I'd love to see Roberto kind of like, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a good dude. I think yeah, he's at Ovali, I think, yeah. Piero's kind of ta- doing his thing with Wendy, and I think they kind of have a good thing going. I mean, I don't think they're coming. I think they're kind of there, but he's just kind of very excited and passionate to be able to do something, and that's kind of cool, too. I mean, he does pasta through a drive-thru. Yeah, I need to try it. And it's kind of dope. I was even talking about the dude in Des Moines about it. I was like, yeah, he does handmade pasta through a drive-thru. I was like, it's kind of awesome. Legit. Like, yeah, nobody's <laughs> doing Yeah, that. like, that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that excitement, he's currently messaging me on Facebook right now about a new dish that he wants me to come try. So, okay, well, there you <laughs> go. And no doubt, he has the passion <laughs> still. Well, maybe we should roll through. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was getting, I w- drove past to go to Ben's farm, and I was getting hungry, like, when I see that Cherry Hill sign, I'm like, dude, it's been too long. Right? <laughs> should just go in there. I don't even know if they're open Mondays, but. Probably. Yeah, probably. I think they are, I think yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah they're they one of the few that actually yeah, are. I think they're smart. Yeah. There you go. That's a pro move. <laughs> uh, so, Tim, can you kind of tell me a little bit more about that? As restaurants start to open back up, you mentioned, you know, you're having trouble finding people to, to come in and work. Is that just because people are a little bit unsure of, you know, just safety? Or, like, like what, what what is it exactly? I mean, what causes the, that? Yeah, the feeling I've at least been getting is I think a lot of people in the industry, I mean, obviously got hit really hard. And so from, like, zero – for 100 to zero, all of a sudden it's like your livelihood is gone. Uh, I think a ton of people had to pivot, you know, get creative, take other jobs and figure stuff out or, you know, even hopefully get some unemployment. Um, and I think just a lot of people started doing other things or maybe it encouraged them to even start side hustles and that a lot of people aren't ready to just 
make that commitment back to just jump in the kitchen because you know you're going to be there you know all day i mean it's it's an all-day ordeal like and so i think maybe a lot of people kind of found other stuff or they're having you know learning to try new things um but i I got a lot of like resumes from more like executive you know like sous chefs on up there's and they're from all over the country Mm -hmm. which has been interesting you know lots of -of out-of-state inquiries um and but then just like your solid line cooks are just again that's why when you ask like who are the next younger you're just like, I, honestly, they're, they're hard, hard to man. find, you know, like, yeah. I mean, we used to do pop-ups all the time and we like, we were, we were just going hard. Like we love coming up with new events, trying new things, having fun with it. And now it's kind of like, where's that next wave? And it's been hard to find or know who it is. And yeah, I mean, maybe people don't want to just be line cooks, you know, all day, but I was like, honestly, yeah. I liked it. Cause you're, you're in it. You're cooking yeah. every plate. You see it going out like it. So it's been an interesting transition. Yeah, and I think a lot of this has just kind of exposed how fragile the industry really is, you know, and I think it exposed a lot of problems that were not being addressed, you know, that were underlying issues and, you know, everything kept going and then just kind of Corona hit and just put a huge stop and reset on the hospitality industry. And I I think that's exposed a lot of weaknesses and I think there's a lot of people that, you know, just kind of realized, I don't want to do this, or, you know, this is kind of a fickle, you know, career, and it's, you know, it's it's a tough living, and I think a lot of people maybe are just like, I don't know if this is for me, and it's sad to see, because, you know, that's the future of food, and, you know, I, I, I love food, and I love to keep seeing it grow, but, you know, I mean, like anything, it ebbs and flows, and you just hope to be optimistic, because that's the next generation mm-hmm. of chefs. What do you think are the weaknesses that in the industry that COVID exposed? I mean, just everything, you know, like I mean, yeah. you hear chefs talking about in San Francisco, they're not making money if their restaurant's not full. You know, that's a problem. If they're not packed every Friday, Saturday night, you know, you, there's razor thin margins and it's, you do your best to try and take care of everybody, but there's just not a lot of money left over at the end of the year. And I think that makes it really challenging for everybody to have a good livelihood, you know, and I, think that's tough and you know hopefully you know things get reworked and maybe people pay more for food or what you know I I don't have the answer but uh, you know everything I've been listening to in food and stuff is kind of pointing at the same thing that it's like you have to kind of pivot and figure out a way to make it work because it's the system that worked you know wasn't a good system so what do you think Joey what I've seen I guess since it hit yeah I mean the people that didn't want to kind of thinking about not doing it, don't stop doing it. So it is kind of hard to find cooks. And then it is also hard because the ones you do find want a lot of hours and nobody's as busy as they used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you kind of feel bad giving somebody uh, 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, at least from what I've noticed, I mean, obviously health because it is a pandemic that kind of exposed how the industry like, Pretty much no one has health insurance is what you realize yeah. in in the restaurant industry. And so, you know, again, that's causing, you know, uh, restaurants to use that as an incentive now to be like, hey, you know, work for us. You get benefits, which is like very important now more than ever. And also just even how maybe that conversation of like where you just, you know, you're like the badass line cook and you crush it all the time. But it's like if you're not feeling well, like, please go home. Like, don't 
you know, don't try to puke in a trash can and then finish service because it's like you're. They used to be a thing. They used to be like, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, I I never took a. It's like a badge of honor. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and that and like a lot of people still think that, and I'm kind of happy that that is shifting a bit. I mean, obviously, someone calls in sick. Yeah, in a small restaurant, that's a pretty big wrench in the system. But like, it's no longer worth it. It's like, dude, if you don't feel well, go home. Yeah, that's like the that's the easiest thing with COVID now. It's like. You, you don't feel well at all, just like that. get out of here. You well, know, like, and just, you know, I think mental on the whole health thing, I think mental wellness, you know, it's like we work hard, we push ourselves and it's, you know, there's a lot of underlying issues where there's a lot of substance abuse and a lot of alcoholism. And it's just like, you know, if we said we're all immune to it, I think we'd be lying. But, you know, this is a hard job. It's a hard career and it's easy to turn to drugs or alcohol or just, you know, let alone, you know, having issues with the stress and the high pace and you know it wears on you and i think hopefully on tim's subject i I think this is going to be a good eye-opener because we're not superhumans you know we have lives we have wives and kids some of us and stuff you know and just trying to i guess structure it a little better for you know the next generation so they don't have to go through what you know me and chovy and a lot of other cooks and tim too Mm -hmm. you know of just you know a tough Tough career, tough go at it. Okay, I'm going to take us from that point, that like really heavy <laughs> discussion <laughs> and try and lighten things back up. What do you think is the next type of cuisine that is about to explode or, or food item? So like example, like 10 years ago, sushi was barely even a thing. Now, it, it's, now it's blown up. Now there's sushi everywhere. Two years ago, fried chicken sandwiches were like, okay, you know. I'm still crushing fried that, chicken sandwiches. No, 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 don't, don't get me yeah. wrong. They're great, but, like, they've exploded in the last That's couple of years. I feel like Popeye's had a lot to do with that. Or now it's like, if you don't have fried chicken sandwich on your menu, what are you doing? So It's kind of nice to mix up the cheeseburger with a fried chicken. But I never thought that would be the one to do it. And it's not really healthier for you, but no. because it says, <laughs> it says chicken, so you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm eating healthy. That's funny. But anyway, like, what what do you guys see being, like, that next thing? Is there anything on the horizon? I've just, I've been digging on, like, Persian flavors. Oh, really? I think, yeah, like, I mean, I, I did it for a tasting. I did, like, harissa marinated chicken, roasted over the fire grill, which was tight, and then, like, the cardamom and clove and cinnamon rice with turmeric, and I was just like... You know, then you have, like, garlic dill yogurt and just, like, these bright flavors on, like, I don't know, a cuisine that's older than humans, yeah, basically. Really so, yeah, and, or, like, what Cody did with uh, for Tim's wedding with, like, this oh, yeah, skewered, yeah, like, marinated yeah. chicken skewers. And, like, that's food I'm not super familiar with, but it's definitely, I think it's catching on quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, with flatbreads. And, mm-hmm. again, a lot of it cooked over... Like a wood fire, fire hearth is obviously mm-hmm. that's a trend now too. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the next big. Yeah, that's I'm, already happening everywhere. A lot of places when they had a fire, you know, years ago, it's like you think it's expensive or fancy, but really, like if you just could bring that fire and stuff to more kind of street food, I think that'd be the next like. Oh yeah, totally. tastiest kind of. I mean, that's how they're cooking food. on the streets in like Thailand. They love For, it. They have yeah. these little. Yeah. It's just normal in a lot of grills places. and stoves, yeah. and you could technically do it anywhere. That's why I always liked it. I was like, man, you can yeah. eat bomb food just walking down the street. You don't have that's, to be in a restaurant. That's literally what I was going to say. I mean, you know, the flavor you get off of a wood fire is making such a big. I shouldn't say comeback because it's the oldest way we've known how to cook. Right. Um, but that's really popular. And what I think is cool too that I'm really excited about is just kind of like along the Persian 
topic. You know, there's a lot of like more regional cuisine that's coming up, you know, like Mexico city has some really cutting edge chefs, you know, like Peru, like, you know, Spain's always had a good culinary scene, but I think it's cool to see like, yeah, like Tim was saying, like a street vendor in Thailand, like get a Michelin star for street food. And, you know, there's just kind of unique thing where there's, you know, just because quality, it doesn't have to be French, you know, and it's just, you know, maybe the French, the Italians and, you know, modern American cuisines always had its heyday, but I'm so excited to see other people do other food and just see it get recognized and just kind of, you know, so that's where I think you're going to see more and more like high-end Mexican. I think you're going to see more and more high-end Vietnamese. Like you see like, um, me and Paul went and ate this really cool, um, to Michelin star Korean place in New York city. You know, I think you're starting to see more and more of that. And I, I think that's awesome. I do too. I, I really like to, you know, that more places are being recognized where it's not just like, you know, the French laundry and, you know, those, those high end, you know, French cooking techniques, those obviously have, you know, great value in and of themselves, but these different cuisines are getting a chance to kind of shine a little bit. What do you think is led to that? Like, is it just because there's more of them now? Is it because there's more, media so we're able to find these places better like why are they getting globalization for sure yeah like i had i was joking about this i had like one of the best croissants i've ever had in mexico city yeah and i was like how is this possible you know and it's i think it was because a baker was you know working in france forever long and then came to mexico city and started just crushing it and i was like but that's fun yeah i mean there's less borders less dividers and like Mm -hmm. i think just these unique regions are can just can kind of shine all of a sudden i mean that's and I love geeking out about this stuff. Like we were saying, when you read Heat by Bill Buford, you just start reading all this weird, fun stuff. Like, like how did, um, like, the El, El Pastor, like, why is that in Mexico? And you find out, it was like, Lebanese immigrants brought that over. And, like, now it's, like, a very Mexican thing. It's, like, super unique. But it's also just from all these, like, other cultures kind of blending together and, like, rearranging stuff. So I think, yeah, globalization is kind of, like, making it, really accessible and it's two things i think it's the people traveling i think the people willing to try it too is Mm -hmm. you know what makes all the difference because people are willing to try it and so it's successful that's a good point but like i remember even at espana back in the day people would be like like what's aioli or something (laughs) you know it's like something that now is just like ridiculous you have tacos on the menu yeah oh yeah (laughs) a lot of people they're like there's no enchiladas and they're like it's a spanish flag and it means spain in spanish i don't know how you confuse that but again like now paella is like almost like a household word like yeah like oh yeah paella and you're like oh well that makes my job easier Okay, so now all you guys lead kitchens or, you know, have led kitchens in the past. What is the most important skill that you think you had to learn or evolve moving from being a line cook to actually running a kitchen? Making good staff meal. You can't make good <laughs> staff meal. Forget it. It's over. Chovy makes it's really true. good staff meal. He makes the best staff meal. What's your specialty, Chovy? Like, what's your go-to if you know you need to Body please food. the crowd? Uh, there's a, the most requested is naan. Yeah. I oh, decided yeah. to make it this yeah. weekend. Chovy's naan is like Chovy's enchilada sauce, Chovy's rice. That one too, like enchilada sauce, Mexican rice. I don't know. Curry naan wraps. Ooh, I still think about those. <laughs> Pretty much uh, anything with, yeah, paprika or some kind of curry kind of flavor or Tex-Mex. Mm. That's what I like cooking the best. Chovy's nachos. Ooh, she tray nachos from Chovy. I, I had those for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Those nice. were amazing, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Can you repeat the question again? Uh, when you moved from being a cook to being a chef and leading a kitchen, what was the most important thing you had to oh, learn yeah. to create that or, uh, yeah, create that yeah. maturation? I think you just got to like under, I mean, cause it's like, you know it, but like, don't be afraid to admit that you're like, man, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Actually. I don't know what the best way is. And then like, luckily for me, I can, I'll just text some of the guys here and just be like, Hey, like, what do you think about this? But like, I, I, even in that kitchen dynamic, you know, everyone ends up looking at the chef and they're just kind of like, you know, what is the right answer all the time? And sometimes you're just like, I don't know, like I got to figure this out or, you know, like, let me find out and then get back to you because that's a big one for me. You know, I, I mean, I feel like I have a pretty good experience, but some things I'm like, Hey, like, what's the best way that you found this works for you? So um, I've definitely asked, you know, other chefs around a lot more just to see, you know, I think we're all in this together eventually. So it's like, you know, what works for you? What doesn't work? Or like, how did you solve this problem? Um, things like that. But yeah, everyone kind of looks at you all the time and you're just like, uh. fake it till you make <laughs> it. <laughs> fake it till you make it. That's what I always do. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, I probably doing getting something that i didn't want to do done first because oh, uh, yeah. usually i'm like uh you know some days i'm like cutting carrots or something and i'm butchering a stripper and i'm like oh i need to do this thing today it's super important i'll do it in half an hour and, and then forget. and then you forget or something it's like it sucks the first 10 seconds but you're like i'm that's doing it right cool. now stop what i'm doing get it done and then after it it's relief that's really that's a good, good one the yeah. hardest part is just doing it even though it's always easy yeah it's something stupid and mundane but um, I, I could be off base on this, but I feel like a lot of people who are actually in the industry look at celebrity chefs and they're just kind of like, okay, well, look at this guy, you know, he's just on TV now. Like, you know, when was the last time he was in, even in a co- kitchen? I could be totally off base, but I feel like the, the level of respect isn't maybe quite on the same level as the general public has for a lot of c- celebrity chefs. So I'm going to say, what is who's the celebrity chef you guys most respect? Who's the one who kind of breaks through that and you're like, oh no, that guy's legit, or that girl's legit, that woman's legit, whoever? Probably, I mean, David Chang, you know, Thomas Keller. I mean, I tend to just, you know, the people that I respect are the people that paid their dues and did it, you know, and everybody used to always hate on Emerald, but that guy worked his butt off and like opened these hotels and like, you know, and there's not. So I'm always very hesitant to really, you know, even as much as I always like to hate on Guy Fieri. I'm like, he actually raised a ton of money for unemployed restaurant workers yeah, and stuff like it. that. He was yeah. huge during COVID. You know, and so stuff like that. So it's really tough to say because this is a hard industry and a lot of those people came from really hard places. So I think they deserve every bit of success that a lot of them have earned. So The ones yeah. that actually did it in – like pave the road for other chefs and sous chefs or whatever along the way. And like in Michelin stars, those celebrity chefs are, yeah, I actually respect because mm-hmm. they actually did it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. I can't, I'm trying to think even of a name right now. Cause I don't watch that much celebrity chef stuff, but I mean, like I like, like I like Alton Brown, things like that. Yeah. Cause he's, he's pretty, meticulous and he just has like accessible recipes and fun ones and like we like kenji alt yeah has a lot because uh, he's oh he's just he's kind of doing what we all want to do he's like i'm gonna make the perfect schnitzel and then he'll do like 
200 20 schnitzels. different schnitzels. <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't even know if he's technically a celebrity chef, but I really like those dudes because you know that they're either asking the questions or they're figuring out why. Um, I also like David Leibovitz. He has like some fun stuff. Sometimes I'll unfollow him on Instagram because I'm like, this guy is just drinking in France all the time. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just jealous. But He's like, living the best. Life. Yeah, but he has, you know, he makes cool recipes. And again, like, like they're accessible. I think that's pretty important too. Where it's not like you, know, you get like one of Thomas Keller's books and you're just I like, I can't make any of this stuff. You know. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I do respect the people that at least engage more with non-chef people, and then that are yeah that are kind of like. They're thoughtful about it and I don't know, put in that put in that work too, but maybe in like a different perspective. What's the Omaha restaurant that you guys haven't had a chance to try yet that is on your list and you're just dying to try? Oh, dude. Well, I actually went on Saturday night and it was we got there too late, uh, which I've never had Fizzies. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I haven't yes. had it yet and yes. it was a bummer. Fizzies is on the list um, for sure. That one's I guess on number one now. Since I saw it inside of it and I was so close and <laughs> couldn't get a milkshake, so uh, yeah, fizzies. That's good. Uh, Canara is one I haven't been. In. Oh, Canara is I'm amazing. It's so good. I had the one. I had the one dandelion and I haven't had it. Uh, what else? I feel like there's a lot of it. Yeah, fizzies is yeah. super high up on the list. I mean, there's got to be a bunch. I just can't think of them right now. But um, oh, for and then. Uh, for me, Moots Pizza, I never Yeah, tried I, I tried to go, and he it. was sold out. I guess yeah. that'd be an upcoming uh, yeah. Omaha dude in San Kai's brisket sandwiches. Oh, that's true. Um, oh, yeah. They're putting in the work, and their food looks Yeah, it's, it's fun when, it, when like, especially when things are weird anyway to, like, get creative. And, like, you know, like, I just finally had Moots a couple weeks ago. That was awesome. And oh, there was I'm at eleven eleven. That was cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last time I had one of the brisket sandwiches – <laughs> he's he's like my neighbor basically, so I was just like, I'm coming over and <laughs> I'm gonna get a couple of these. <laughs> yeah, Moots is definitely one of those where you have to like plan your afternoon around mm. it, which is definitely tough for you guys. But like, if he says I'm opening at five, you usually have to be there Early. at least by five thirty, or you're in trouble Good. because oh, he yeah. sells out fast. He does. Yeah, so. I've heard of the archetype thing, uh, pop yes. up or something. I want to go yeah. to nice well. rolls. Nice yeah, rolls. yeah, dude. dude. Christina, yeah, she, she was like, when I was coming up with that question about like the up and comers in yeah. Omaha, Christina yeah, Lee, right. that is a name. I forgot her name. I was thinking yeah. that is a name to remember. She is doing she, some yeah, cool stuff Yeah, she works there. hard and she's super helpful, friendly. Like I got to work with her a couple of times at the Dandelion pop-ups and she's awesome. She's like, you guys need anything? And I was like, you got to, like, shouldn't you be working? Like, <laughs> But no, that's another one that I've been trying to just ride my bike down there and just make like a day of it because all their all their brunch breakfasty stuff looks dope. Yeah. I mean, the bulgogi burgers like sold out all the time. Like I definitely want to try that for sure. So I'll have to figure that out actually. <laughs> Put it on the list. <laughs> uh, what is the most important technique or strategy you guys have found to get out of the weeds when you, when you really are like really struggling? Drink some water. That's yeah, what that's I always yell one. at my cooks. Like the moment you like kind of start misreading things and like, you can tell you're like, Oh, oh like the screws are getting loose. Like I'm like, take a minute, like drink some water, get hydrated. I'll say it all the time. I'm like, get hydrated, drink some water. Like, and just take a minute because like, if, if you're losing your focus, like collect it before it's completely derailed. That's like a big one for me. That's so interesting because it seems counterintuitive where right. it seems like you need to speed up, speed up, speed up so you can do more. But sometimes it does yeah. help to just take a second and take a minute. That was me. At, oh, God. At the dandelion pop up when I was like, 
it was a million degrees, right? I just remember, uh, like, yeah, salt, lime juice in the water. And I was just, like, you know, looking at all the tickets. And I was just, like, take one minute, drink this. Like, okay, let's let's get back in the game. And, yeah, that's a good one, I think. you got to definitely stay on top of it because the longer you put it off, <laughs> you're going you deeper in the weeds. You don't realize how much you sweat. Yeah, yeah, Def- definitely. I always, my, and this is because what my chefs told me all the time, I used to have this one chef, and he should be like, stop, clean your station, take a deep breath, and then he goes, slow down, and then speed up. And it's one thing I tell my cooks all the time, but you literally, like, I stop, I, you know, sanitize my station, you wipe down, you get everything in its place and reorganize and reset, and taking that 45 seconds is going to save you. Won't be frantic. Yeah, (laughs) and just take a deep breath, and then, like, all right, back in, and then you got to, if you're not organized and you don't see straight, like Tim was saying, forget it, you're gone. Yeah, it's too (laughs) late. Yeah, there's, (laughs) you're in the weeds and the line is coming or something, you're done. Being excited to... You know, if you're getting in the weeds and you're like, oh, I have 16 plates, you know, and sometimes you're like, oh, no, like it's going to put me behind. Just drop that mentality and be like, well, that's it. Like, we're, give me 18 plates. <laughs> yeah. like, they move twice as fast. And then that's you're good. like, wow, dude, I just got more energy just from changing my flipping my mentality switch. Nice. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Are there any current cooking trends that just drive you guys crazy? Like you see stuff on Instagram, you're just like, man, another person's doing that. Come on. I mean, well, I've seen some. I'd have to think of some right now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I know they're out there's there. Always <laughs> some, it's so it's so like offensive that you forget about it because you block it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just like, I mean, for Instagram, I mean, you can just tell the food is just made for the photo, and I mm, like yeah, taking pictures yeah. of food, so I really appreciate that. But I like it when the two worlds combine. It's like a gorgeous dish, but it's not like super curated. It's a dish that's actually like being sold on the pass. Yeah, and I do feel like a lot of what you see is like it looks dope and like they probably have a recipe attached for their blogs and stuff, but they're I don't I think they know a lot of people probably aren't testing these recipes and things like that. So they're just kinda like they make this gorgeous thing, but then if you actually tried it, you're like, Wow, this would all actually taste like garbage. <laughs> like Yeah. I <laughs> I'm kind of with you there, too. Just, like, the completely, like, chef art. Like, and you see some cool stuff on there sometimes, but I'm just, like, like you spent way too much time. Well, yeah, you're not doing it for 80 people. You yeah. know, you're doing it for that photo, which is cool. Like I said, it could be a nice artsy photo, but I think, again, that probably is not helping the dynamic of what is real and what's not. Yeah. But, I mean, I think people, like, even even restaurants now are, like, curated for Instagram, I feel like. You know, like, they'll have a thing where you take pictures, you know, like they're literally building this into the design and architecture at this point. And it's like, I get it. Cause that's how we operate now, but it is also kind of like, man, just kind of let, you know, let the space or the food speak for itself, mm-hmm. which, yeah. I mean, don't, don't believe everything on social media. Yeah, basically some, like <laughs> just cause bacon and eggs and toast is not Instagram. Well, doesn't mean it's not delicious. <laughs> I guess for me, it's been a trend for years, but uh, gourmet burgers, since I just got back from California, oh, yeah, and their burgers are so dang good, and we bought like fifteen In and Out burgers, and it was like fifteen. Oh. It was so cheap, like, and they're so good. It's like, why make yeah. street food? It's like buying a twenty dollar taco. Yeah, like eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollar burgers are just like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like you're doesn't yeah. live up to the height. I'd rather same with tacos. Three. Some things yeah. should just be cheap, delicious. It should just be simple. Do simple. Yeah. I mean, yeah, smash burgers. That and I think that's uh, <laughs> like. 
fitness, healthy alcohol or whatever. Like that is like, yeah. just don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't like how sneaky that is. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I hate healthy food. Yeah. In general. <laughs> I mean, or, I mean, or all the, this was a good one actually, all the, the meat substitutes where they literally mm-hmm. oh, call yeah. it like meat product. And I'm just like, wait, if you're, if you're pushing vegan or vegetarian, like, why are you even calling it that? Like, it should be obvious. Like, I don't want something that's more processed. Like, give me a good yeah. roasted eggplant or yeah. give me this. Like, Because I've looked at the back of some of them, and it was, like, all sprouted different beans. Sprouted lentils, sprouted mung beans, this, this, and this, processed into a thing. Yeah. I'd rather just sprout my own beans and then eat them. Yeah, and if people knew processed. And there's a ton of additives and yeah. stuff in there, too, like colors and this and that, and I just... That's oh, probably my big one, man. That's yeah. not. I don't think that's great. I mean, it's it's like you're. I think they're like they're trying to like imitate, stop like you know. They're like, oh, this is better for the environment because it's like stopping big slaughterhouses and stuff. But I was like, well, then you're just making more stuff in a lab. And I was like, that doesn't seem that healthy to me either. Like, just you know, eat plants. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that's yeah. what you want to eat, which is totally fine. I like, would agree with that. I would yeah. rather plants. just have stir fry. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you said, I think people should be sprouting more stuff. It's super easy. I think people get weirded out by it, but dude, just put a lentil in water and give it a few days. And vegetables are delicious. Just eat them like the way they are. <laughs> they really are. They don't need to be turned into a veggie meatball. Right. You can yeah. just eat vegetables. <laughs> uh, I was excited about that question. I feel I felt like I might get you guys going a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about ghost kitchens? That's kind of a trend right now. Yeah, I. Th- I mean, I think it's a. I mean, you guys kind of do it when you're just slinging out the back at O'Karan. Like, I think it's fun to change the narrative. Again, like how we were ju- talking earlier, like we like food in different places, fun places. Um, and I, I think, again, if, if there's a way to, I don't know, get these cooks like health insurance and they can still do what they like and what they love and it actually, you know, just changes how that whole restaurant system works, but people get paid and they get good food. I mean, that to me would be ideal. And it's like, okay, that's cool, but... You know, it's. It, I don't think it's a replacement. You know, food is social, in in my opinion. It's like the best way for people to come together. But you know, during pandemic, or if you're just taking it home and then eating it there with people. You know, I think it's, it's going to be probably here to stay, just because you know, it, like Tim was saying, it kind of gives people a platform and the ability. You know, and it's just going back to our earlier conversation, you know, brick and mortar just isn't realistic. And the startup cost is a lot, you know, unless you get lucky, like we did Okran had a pre-existing restaurant, um, you know, that Okran would not be here. Had Carlos not, you know, offered to bring Espana to the table, just would have never been able to work. They just didn't have the capital. And so, you know, I'm all about it because I love giving people the opportunity to create, and so if that opens up doors and allows people to create food, then heck yes, I'm all about it. And I think it's going to be here to stay. And I hope it does. Jovi should turn his house into a ghost kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all just go get enchilada sauce. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll just, bread. just, yeah, <laughs> just pull up, bucket. just watch you cooking it like in your yard or something. <laughs> well, I, I love what you just brought up there, Tim, about, you know, even O'Karant, you know, essentially had a ghost kitchen operation. I think that was like a month ago or so on like that on the Sunday night, you guys had that Sunday fun day menu where it was like burgers, Philly cheesesteaks, fried chicken sandwiches, very much not what Okarant normally serves, but it was kind of a chance for you guys to stretch a little bit and try something new and offer something different. And yeah, maybe that's not something you're going to do every week, but it's, it's fun and it gives yeah. you guys a chance to do something different, right? Yeah. It's fun. Cause you don't normally cook that food into 
everybody after work wants to eat it. That's like <laughs> exactly. that's what you look forward to, honestly. I just love when the cars are pulling up through the alley and people are just like running food out because it's yeah. like underground. It's like, you know, yeah. you're like it feels illegal. Like, you're like, yeah, just sell it out the back instead of the front. You know, like luckily Akron has a perfect alleyway. Yeah, uh, if we were in another spot, it might not be it. Yeah, for what it is, it's worked out really well. It worked. <laughs> we're still there. Keep knocking on wood. So, yeah. <laughs> Whatever works. There's no rules anymore. You just gotta make it work. That's true. Just yeah. sell food, make it delicious. That's the only rule if there is. If only it was that simple. <laughs> <laughs> um, true or false? Following a recipe is not cooking. Uh, true. Well, I mean, it depends on the recipe. But Unless it's baking, then yeah, it's false. Then it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, mo- I mean, recipes are guidelines. I usually just like look at recipes to see if, if a like someone's done this combination before. I'm like, is this a thing? Like, would this even be good? But yeah, with the flavor. Yeah, would it actually like Word. pair up well? Because I'll just see if it's a thing, maybe, or if someone else thought of it, and then maybe I, I'd have to be the one to try it. But I mean, I don't know. Like a good recipe, though, like in metric in grams, it's like it. Mm. You know, at that point, you, it's probably gone through a couple chefs and it's tried and true. So some things you don't mess with, but you generally, uh, yeah, I feel like when we look up a recipe, we're kind of like, oh, yuck, like the uh, ounces and like if it's not if you're like oh if you see a recipe and it's in grams then you're like all right this recipe is legit it's because yeah that's somebody a, actually that's took thing, the time yeah. to research yeah, it. if it says like three quarters of a cup you're just like what are they talking about i can't like, even find the three quarter <laughs> cup thing I'm like nobody uses it either weigh it or just don't use it yeah recipe. exactly just yeah just don't but i mean i'm not gonna say it's not cooking i just i think yeah, I cook, cooking is just so much intuition that's what we i always say it's like because you, you can adjust it. Like, you can, like, oh, it needs acid or salt or whatever. And, like, oh, it's cook it more. I mean, you can't uncook it. If you invented a fryer that could unfry things, you'd be really rich as well. <laughs> but, like, the for the air fryer. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, baking is kind of that. That's why we like our pastry chefs. Because I'm like, all right, you follow this code and then you basically make something magical and delicious and i have no idea no patience no yeah and we're not waiting i mean they have to chill dough in between they have you know i was like what like we're not we're not wasting any time like it's just full speed ahead well and i think if recipes get people to start cooking that's a win too because when people start cooking they start learning about food and anytime people then i guess that is a win so you know maybe just i still remember the first time i like made my own chili powder and i was like this is now my chili powder. Like I'm never buying chili powder mm-hmm. again because yeah. I have unlocked which chilies I liked, you know, blended it to whatever ratios. And I was like, this is, this is, that was pretty awesome. I was like, yeah. this is, I have my, my own blend of chili powder now, but it, you just got to try it all. Yeah. You try it. I'd say cookbook recipes. I'd go to first because somebody put their passion into that recipe. Mm-hmm. Cause my biggest pet peeve is when you go to a internet recipe and you have to scroll oh, yeah. through a blog of somebody's life oh story my God, and then yes. you're like i just want to see the rest yeah. like uh, i mean they, they're doing piece. work though so if they get paid yeah. with the ad revenues so i'm not i don't knock those people i see i know why they do it because you bought a cookbook you're not yeah, like yeah. paying for the recipe i'm still trying to get chovy's non-recipe won't give it to me yeah what's the it's deal safe dude? somewhere <laughs> 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 yeah, well it's not safe in your head so like <laughs> please write it down at least <laughs> 
the reason that I asked that question is because I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago where this chef basically went on like a five-minute rant against the movie Ratatouille. He was like, this is the most upset I've ever heard anyone in a oh, Pixar wow. movie because he's like, loved it, yeah. he's like, that rat does not know how to cook. All he does is just memorize recipes and then like, you know, he controls the the cook or whatever, but like he's not actually cooking. And I was like, yeah, that's true to some extent. It's kind of like what you were talking about where you have to use your intuition and you want to, you know, cook by feel and everything and be able to adjust things. But I think you also made a good point in that especially – you know, if someone's not a professional chef, if someone's just like me, if I just go in the kitchen and you say, okay, you know, make, you know, cook this brisket, I'm just going to look at you and be like, what? How? I I need help to get started. I can't just do that. So I think it's a, it's a good jumping off point for people. And then as they start getting into it, they can kind of learn their own things and then make their own hot sauce. Totally. I mean, I think that's why it's funny for us because yeah, a recipe actually like most Chef recipes are just lots of little recipes for components. and But then overall, a recipe is just almost a guideline for us. That's why oh, it's kind of weird. Because like even if you if you would see their recipes, it just says like a 1,000 grams flour. And then it, there's no, they're like, you're like reading. They're like, all right, so then what do I do? And it, there's no directions. It's just yeah. the recipe <laughs> yeah. ingredient-wise. There's no like If you never stir. made it before. Yes, someone has to show you how to yeah. do it. I can't believe that dude was knocking on Ratatouille, though. I know. It, like, kind, of, it kind of offended me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, the, the rat had, like, really good sense of smell and taste, and that's why he, I thought that's, I didn't even read a recipe in the movie. I don't, I don't remember. That, that's what this guy was saying. Know. It's what? been years since I've seen it, but I, do I don't know. Homework. I got to do some more homework on watching watch Ratatouille again. <laughs> All I know is listening to that podcast brought up this great discussion, so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it happened. Uh, what station taught you the most about what it eventually took to become a chef? Uh, I mean, I don't. I feel like probably just saute because it is one of the more last stations, and it is really high intense. And then you just kind of, I don't know, you're kind of used to this intensity and velocity, and you know, dealing with a million million things at once. And it's like once you've kind of been in that position and seen it, then you can, I think, you can effectively lead any of the other positions. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's. Every time you work a new station, not specifically one station, because you feel the f- just like the first time you started cooking, you have fear. You move to a new station, you have a that new fear all over again. That's a good one. So it's like being <laughs> born again. Like you have, and when you're by yourself, then you like it's all on you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, for me, it'd probably be working the meat station. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gauntlet. Dude, me and Chubby have done some nights there where it was just like we just look at each other and we're like, holy shit. Like, what I have, just I actually have a time lapse video. <laughs> I haven't crazy. posted this. I took it. I, remember I was out of town for a while oh, yeah. and then I just came back and I walked in and like my own brother didn't, he like looked up, but he didn't say hi. And I was like, this is, and <laughs> I looked at the I ticket that and night. I was like, that was a bad, yeah. And I was, oh. I'm looking at the ticket line. I'm just like, Oh, what did I walk into? And then I kind of snuck in the corner and took this time-lapse video. I'll have to send it to you guys. Show me I mean, just it like, is. we don't even talk to each other no. when we're in the weeds, do we? Just go like, I don't have to say anything. Chovy just grabs next. I just look at him. I'm like, the shit for the shit. And he's like, yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> just drop everything. Yeah. Oh, dude, we just, I mean, go, you guys, like, I remember the whole table was full of plates. It was so cool to watch for me because I was like, oh, because like, like, he, I, like, he knows what, I know what he's going for. He does the next step. I do the next step. We yeah. just like dance and go hard. It, yeah, it, and that's a, a you, there's no more room in that kitchen, so it's yeah. 
you're at capacity and you you have to do the dance otherwise that's the funny thing about Akron is when it gets crazy it's faster with less cooks <laughs> than with more cooks cuz uh you'll get in each other's way cuz it's so small in that kitchen if you've ever been in there the less you can bump into somebody how long does it take to to find that dance with with other people on the line where you're not running into each other, where you're both just heads down, where you, you can almost like sense what the other person is doing, what they're thinking. I mean, how long have we been working together? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are like mind readers. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I cook with Chovy like no one I've ever cooked before. I mean, it's like, and I've worked in a lot of kitchens, but mine and Chovy's synergy on the line is I've never had that with anyone. Yeah, we could yeah. work a whole night with no speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sounds like a test. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Like, like, some that's a challenge. Yeah. You know, just got to do that <laughs> some night. Now, some people you'll never have the same thing with. You're just not. Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah, a lot of it's got to be experience, too. Because, like, like you said, eventually, like, or just knowing the dishes and the menu. Yeah. Because yeah, I was just, weeds I was just in a new kitchen people. all weekend. You know, I worked with a person I'd never worked with ever. And as soon as I kind of figured out what was holding her up and that I could easily learn to take care of, you know, and then we got crazy busy that we stopped talking and she just knew that I was going to take care of these things without really saying it. I was just like, she started realizing that I'm just going to handle these things that she didn't have time to do. And I knew how to do them, which allowed her to focus on a bunch of stuff. So it's like, I think the more situations you've been in and the, all the different like variety of places, all of a sudden it's just kind of like you're in that, <laughs> you're like in go mode and it's just like, so, I, and I think experience, you kind of sync up like that. Yeah. But I think if you're just new and green in general, like you'll be fumbling your whole way through and which again, like if he fumbled the plate handing it to you and then it would crash and then it like the whole domino effect takes over and it's derailed. But yeah, I think just being in that fire a lot gets you used to it literally and figuratively. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite things about food is that no one knows everything. There are always new ingredients to discover there are always new cooking techniques there are always new cuisines to try what is something you guys are kind of looking at right now like what do you want to learn next is there anything that you are seeing right now that you're just really interested in you're like man i would love to just spend a week just learning about that i mean for me it's kind of like you know food is food but you know i'm at a point in my life now where you know, there's other aspects of food, you know, that I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to learn more about structure and organization and the business side of things. I'm also learning a lot more about raising your own food, you know, on our farm and stuff like that. So that's been super interesting. So, you know, there's other aspects to food that I I never had time to really explore. And now for the first time, you know, it's growing food, raising food. You know, we raised and butchered chickens on the farm last summer, you know, and just different things like that and just learning more about the business side of things and, you know, the structure and how to, you know, make things better for everybody and stuff like that. It's really been kind of kind of interesting to me. Um, I've been looking at a lot of – I've never done it. I've always wanted to make my own yogurt and, like, the special yogurt pots. Then I've been looking at a lot of uh, Vietnamese and Chinese kind of poultry, like the black chicken. Um, if you ever seen that black flesh and skin, yeah. But where, do you, way, where do you even get that I, here? <laughs> I think I've seen it at the Asian market, but don't quote me. Okay, on nice. it. okay. But, uh, Jim can little, get it, yeah. Um, but it's just weird though, because most people learn kind of like a French kind of way how to cook everything. The way that um, Southern Asia cooks their chicken compared to that is completely different world of 
um, boiling and stuff and all this other spices that yeah, I don't even know what it would taste like. And bones. Like, Bone, Americans yeah. are really scared of bones in their food. And it, I think I always laugh because I think they're just, like, shoving in their faces so fast. But, like, my roommate was Filipino. And, like, I mean, how they eat the chicken, it's because, of again, they break it down differently because they cook oh, it differently. Yeah. Everything then it's, differently yeah. But then it's, like, they're just eating it with the bone. Like, it's not weird. But for Americans, it's, like, they're, like, ooh, there's bones in this. And you're, like, well, yeah, it was a living chicken like i don't mm. i don't know what to tell you yeah, and some of the like, best foods have bones like ribs oxtail yeah. like you know think mm. about like all that stuff it's all close to the bone because that's where the flavor is yeah people just don't i don't think they want to deal with it i think americans it's, hate small bones yeah it's like <laughs> they yeah I look mean, stupid when you bite down and get one stuck in your yeah. mouth or something. i mean yeah you definitely have to eat a little slower and i i noticed that in southeast asia a bit where it's like again probably more flavorful prepared that way and uh, you just maybe slow down and and remember what you're eating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's not a chicken nugget. <laughs> um, I don't know what was. The, I didn't answer that question really. I guess or what what the question was. I kind of do. Oh, w- w- uh, <laughs> what's like the most interesting thing that you want to learn right now? Oh what's man, on your radar? yeah. I mean, that's interesting. What Benji said. I mean, just a lot. Like especially now that I'm doing a lot of like costing things out and just you know, being kind of creative with the ingredients you have and, and still, you know, like at the end of the day, I mean, we forget cause we love food, but it's like, it's a business too. Like you still have to think about a lot of that stuff. And as a, as a line cook or, and you know, you may even sous chef, depending on where you are, all this stuff, like you don't worry about it that much cause you are just owned in on the food. And like, we all want delicious food, but then also to kind of step back and be like, you know, if we didn't have a budget, like we could probably all make delicious food, you know, like, cause you can just do whatever you want, but also to make delicious food, like within a budget and to make money and to do that, I think that's kind of like a, you know, at, le- at least the next level. And that's kind of what I'm working on now is just owning in on that. Like, all right, this is good. A, it's delicious, but B, like it can make money. And so, or C, like, well, that one ingredient, you know, is mad expensive. Like, what do we have that we can swap it out for? Or, like, let's try a different one and see if it's good. All right. One of the things – I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's just been really fun to just kind of pull back the curtain and allow people to see a little bit what you guys' lives are like. And I think that that's super important as diners that we understand that more. And I think that hopefully will create more patience, more forgiveness, and just a better appreciation for – for food and just the experience overall. So as we get out of here, I want to ask you guys one last question. If there's one other piece of wisdom or piece of advice or anything that you could leave with diners that would be coming into your establishment, what would that be? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think the word that's been on my mind in general lately is just like thoughtful, like a lot, a lot with the food, but when you kind of word it that way, it's also just like it kind of goes both ways. You know, like, again, if you're doing podcasts like this, you're bridging understanding. It's like you kind of need both parties just like to be thoughtful. You know, it's like it doesn't seem like it's that much, but it does encompass so many things that like you come to us for like, you know, good food that's raised right or, um, you know, like sourced well and prepared hot and seasoned and like that and so like we're trying to be thoughtful and then also yeah like if you're coming in and things are kind of wild and you know like again you hear all the time from all the chefs you have it's just like yeah you know dishwasher just didn't show up and so like 
like you, we can't plan for that. Every day is different. And so then also for the customer to be like thoughtful and understanding and not like what, you know, that not every day is the same. So yeah. they kind of got to work with us too. And a real quick addition on that, something that a chef brought up on a recent podcast that I hadn't really thought about, but is huge, especially now is the way that takeout orders are affecting restaurants as well, especially ones that have diners in the restaurant. And now all of a sudden you're incorporating this huge influx of takeout orders. And there's that balance of serving the people that are already there and having these tickets that are lined up, you know, it, it, it just a general sense of compassion. And I think, as you said, thoughtfulness is important. Because yeah, I remember I was reading a review and they were, I think they like got ramen or something. Was, so, I don't know. Someone were reviewing a place and they're like, yeah, I got home and the ramen was cold. So then I went back I made him fire it again or something, and I got home and it was cold again. And so she like <laughs> she like left him a bad review, and everyone was like, "Ma'am, like I don't know how to tell you this, but like to go food <laughs> is not cold. the same yes. as eating it in the restaurant. Like if I got served cold ramen in a restaurant, I'd be like, yo, again, not being thoughtful, right? Restaurants are just trying to survive. Probably not the best time to judge <laughs> yeah, them. And on this, it, yeah, know? I mean, this I think she kind of got flamed out on that one, but it, it was funny <laughs> to see. Like, <laughs> I guess what I've been trying to do as a customer, if I go somewhere else, is instead of getting two things that I want to get, try one thing I wouldn't get. I love Uh, that. Because I did it, and I was just on vacation, I had, like, uh, goat birria tacos, which were amazing. I had, uh, (laughs) like, octopus um, tostadas and, like, just stuff I wouldn't normally get, and it was, like, surprisingly, I was like, "Ah." they made it, it, that was their specialty, and... Uh, if I made it for myself, I might not like it, but they, that's what they do, and it is good. Just keeping that open mind. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's um, really good, actually. I guess my thing would be the same thing I tell my cooks on a Friday at 7.30, don't stop pushing, <laughs> you know. Don't stop trying new things, you know. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop pushing the envelope, like learning about new food, learning about new chefs, you know, trying new things, like learning new recipes or, you know, whatever, and just don't, you know, don't stop, you know, trying to support new chefs. Like this whole, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't stop, um, how do I say this, the exploration or like, you know, don't stop to push for better quality product or this, that, and the other because, you know, all of that in the end makes for, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, another one I just thought of is like, because we'll do this a lot, we'll go out to eat at a place and then it's like, oh, you know, maybe it wasn't the best experience, but like, we make it a note to go, you know, more than once. Like oh, we're never, yeah. we're never mm-hmm. just going to be like, nah, one and done. Like that, that doesn't exist in our books. Like we definitely want to try it numerous times, you know? So I think that's another important one too. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you never know if one of the just, line yeah. cooks just said they're not coming in today or maybe somebody got sick. I mean, you, maybe they got bum rushed by, you know, a set of orders at a certain time. Like you just, you don't know what's going on back in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's not really fair to judge it unless you go two or three times and the same things keep mm-hmm. coming up totally. at that point. Maybe you say, uh, eh, you guys need to tighten some stuff up anyway. Thank you so much, guys. This has been an extremely enjoyable hour. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And I, uh, I appreciate you just coming out and kind of shooting the breeze with me and hopefully educating some people on just what life in the kitchen is like. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank chef's you so life much. is fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was talking about. At the end of the day, like, I mean, you gotta you gotta like what you do because there's not many other perks in it, right? Like, but we have fun. We have fun cooking food. So, yeah, yeah thanks for having us. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for coming back. I'd love to do another round sometime. I'm sure I could come up with more questions, for you guys, <laughs> but we'll leave it at that for today. Uh, Omaha, as always. Thanks for eating with us.
Ahura Media Production.